Everybody, we are back this week for this week's episode of the Big Go Bell Podcast. I believe this is episode 259. We're getting high in the numbers, but yet we got still more and more to talk about. But as always, I'm your host, Two Chains, and I cannot do it without my good gentleman that truly is the legs of this podcast. And Mr. Hot Take Hill Will. Mr. Silly Sellers and Jamal the Giant Crab. Fellas, how you guys doing on this lovely Thursday? Hi. That's all I have to say. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing wonderful. <laughs> the apocalypse is upon us, and it's not because of worldwide flu and pandemic. It's because we have a new WWE champion in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that the world would end not because of a flu, but because of a wrestling match. Or, or, <laughs> apparently or the, it has. Or, or, the, or the current coronavirus that has apparently made its way to the United States. Uh, but, uh, in the U.S. Yeah, in, in, in lightning news. Yeah, so, okay, so first of all, everybody who had a chance to watch it during the workday, uh, I guess I envy you, because unlike you guys, I actually had to work. Uh, but nonetheless, I did get home and was able to watch the entire thing immediately when I got off. So that was a good three hours and 22 minutes of my life of watching a super Howard show that I, 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 apparently we need more listeners because we literally have been saying this for so long and it just irks me so bad that every time these Thursday pay-per-views come about, everyone always is so fully invested as fans which is fine but you understand the ramifications of these shows happening as i've said before these shows technically aren't canon because they are a present to the saudi family and sure storylines and stuff could come out of it but i wouldn't put too much stake into it overall because again i feel like it's just a presentation in it so like no matter if they go nuclear crazy on in the show or not, I just wouldn't be upset because it's just not one of their big shows that they're going to focus on. Like, if something like this was to happen at WrestleMania, I feel like there might be a bigger argument here. But, like, Super super uh, Showdown, it's like, okay, cool. I expected something like this to happen. Also, by the way, SmackDown, I mean, excuse me, uh, WWE Super Showdown 2020 is brought to you by the good people of Saudi Arabia sponsored by the undertaker and goldberg so <laughs> at this point now I, like at this point you know they're coming every every show you know they're coming we know what it also, is yeah we know oh and by the way monsoor also is on that sponsorship package also yep. uh also a dedicated speech each and every time so like these things you just suspect <laughs> but period why are people upset why are you upset point- people at this point, I think there might straight up be a deal that the prince, it's almost like he's ordering food. He straight up has like a menu and he just goes down the list. Oh, I want one of these. I want a Goldberg. I want some uh, Roman Reigns. I want to, let's see what's over here. Oh, I want the Undertaker. I want some AJ Styles. He, he's just going down and he just, he cherry picks who he wants and he's going to get what he wants because he's got that fat checkbook to give him. <laughs> you know, and I don't think people understand that because when you, it's, it's funny to me because they're Everybody's so invested in quarterly reports and 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 all that good stuff when we know a lot of the money lucratively is coming from this deal and along with the Fox deal. But like you don't think a deal is being made and not only are they getting the shows, but they also getting some type of creative control over it. It's evident. They put Mansoor over like he's the next coming of Jesus at times. Like I'm like the mm-hmm. guy wrestled mm-hmm. three matches and they're calling him like the best ever and like he's going to take over. I mean they put him over like no other matter of fact when you listen to the commentary everyone is calling for him 
there's, there's nothing bad about him at all. Every even if you have Corey Graves putting you over, now you know you know you're in somebody's pocket. Period. So like, <laughs> it, it just doesn't make sense why people are so upset about this. Like, and I'm not talking about like, hey, you know that was that was stupid. I'm talking about like tweets coming out. Somebody said this was worse than 9-11. I don't know if you guys saw that tweet. <laughs> oh, my God. This is sick. It's sick out here right now. <laughs> it is sick. I can. I got to attest to that. Someone straight up on Reddit compared Goldberg winning the title to 9-11. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I can't ridiculous. even. I can't even. I, I don't even know. How, how, do you, how do you go that far off the rails that you actually type that up? In a serious well, manner. I mean, are they wrong? <laughs> so, I, I would, I would, I would, I won't even let you speak if you ever, if you think something like that is even remotely cl- true, dude. Okay, well, let's pull the plug right now because I think that you know the Holocaust may be a step below Goldberg winning the uh, championship. Any, anyway, you know what's so funny about this? The parallel to this? Everyone's mad about Goldberg winning, but instantly, what did they say? I'm going to go watch AEW. Um, if, if, unless I'm just been under a rock. Is the AEW champ of the same age as Goldberg? Very close. Very close. Well, to be fair, he is the youngest AEW champion ever. So uh, <laughs> let's put some respect in his name, sir. Also, also very true. <laughs> All right, so Salas, the floor is yours, because I know you've just been bawling in tears all day. So l- let, me, let me set it up. So, of course, I work in the school system. So I have a situation where one of my English teachers always builds a lesson around WWE so she can watch these pay-per-views, which is brilliant. I love her for that. <laughs> so anytime it's like Super Showdown or the Saudi Arabia or whatever, she always sets it up perfectly. However, she was out today, so I couldn't even get a chance to see it. But I have another coworker that's a huge wrestling fan. And literally, it was like 3 o'clock, and he came running down the hallway. And he was like, just want to tell you, and you might be mad, but Fiend lost. I said, what do you mean? I said, how did he lose? Four spears, that was it. So he lost just like that? He's like, yep. And he just walked away, started laughing. And I was like, thank you, you just messed up my day. And the reason why it really messed me up, because I was really hoping, knowing how WWE feels about Goldberg, is that they was going to go back to Ruthless Aggression. This is what I mean. I've been looking at Ruthless Aggression on the WWE Network just to see during that time period, because I'll be honest, during that time period, even though I was still a wrestling fan, as some people during our age frame, we lose interest because we think it's quote-unquote not cool anymore, and I pick back up on the end of the Ruthless Aggression. So seeing just these inside stories where looking at evolution, not remembering how Batista was out for like nine months and tearing his tricep twice, and how WWE still got a chance to build him and Randy Orton as really young prime candidates at that time and gave him a chance and ran with their spotlights. Even somebody like John Cena ran with the spotlight. So I was like, man, this is a perfect time where you can build a character like The Fiend that WWE hasn't done in a long time and build him. And then you do it to him again. The first time you did it to him was when he was Bray Wyatt, when he lost to Randy Orton at Mania. Now at a Super Showdown, you give him a treatment where, okay, Goldberg, who hasn't wrestled in who knows how long, and just takes the title off of him right there. To me, granted, I know Goldberg's an icon and everything of that nature, but you have to take chances to let these characters be built to be one of the best things that you've done in this era, and they failed on it again. And that's the only reason why I'm upset, because I feel like they had a great thing with The Fiend that they can do something long-term, and they dropped the ball. All I know is one thing: if Will don't bring that same energy that he had online <laughs> about this, <laughs> yeah, because I, I I want to see what you were talking about. So, I what's your rebuttal to that right now? All right, you want to tag me in? Let's yep. let's tag it in. Tag, hot tag, <laughs> hot tag. Here we go. All right, here's my take on the fiend. The fiend, I think, was a great idea. As a character, I said it was great. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And I'm saying that because here's what's happened. They started the the Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse transformation into The Fiend. What started last year, right after WrestleMania. So we're coming up on a year of it. 
And they did a nice, good, slow build of, you know, first they introduced the Firefly Funhouse, and then it was Bray Wyatt as a children's, you know, show character. So it was a whole reinvention of him. And then they slowly brought the Fiend into the picture. Then it finally got to the point where they had to do matches. And once they had to do matches, I don't think, I think it was what, SummerSlam? Was the first Fiend match at SummerSlam, I think? It was around then. They I believe so. They held it off for a while. And the trick became, okay, once you do matches with this, how are you going to do it? And what did we end up seeing? We ended up getting the red light. We ended up getting an invincible character that essentially didn't sell any moves, would kick out at one, and was just beating anyone that was put in front of him. Just like, you know, slicing through people like a knife through butter. And they did that, and that was okay, huh? Interesting. S- meanwhile, Seth Rollins, his title reign just died to death. It lost all momentum, and him as a babyface just didn't work. And I'm not sure if this was a panic move or what, but they very quickly moved to the, to the Fiend versus Seth Rollins in the fall. And... They had just, my point is, they had just started doing matches with The Fiend. It was fresh, it was new, but they immediately went to him in the title picture. And I think that was a gigantic mistake that they did that. Because that character, what would The Fiend care about championships? What would The Fiend care about, you know, a title or defending a title or holding a title or any of that? That character to me is interested in terror, he's interested in terrorizing people, he's interested in haunting people, he's interested in chaos. It's pretty much, it's the Joker from Batman. He's not interested in the WWE system, he's interested in burning it all down. Which is interesting, being he was going against Seth Rollins. But, given that, the biggest mistake they made with The Fiend, in my mind, was putting the belt on him. He never should have been champion to begin with. And doing it as quick as they did was a huge misstep and it painted them into a corner that once they finally put the belt on him, then it became, well, what the hell do we do? No one's beat him yet. Now he's the champion. How long do we keep this up? Do we keep it up to mania? Do we keep it going past mania? What do we do? So they built it up so huge that I think the elephant in the room became no matter who was going to beat the fiend first, you had a segment of the audience that was going to crap all over it no matter who it was, no matter how they did it. Well, they did it today, and people have definitely crapped all over it. But my thinking is that was going to happen no matter what you did. So whether you did it now or you did it at Mania, certain people were not going to like it, period. That's my first point. What, 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 do, you, what do you think about that? Before I go any further, let's stop there. <laughs> Weigh in on so- I can honestly say, Will, you have gave me like a great counter argument, you know, to that. And and and, and I, I, I give don't you go on Twitter then. credit. <laughs> I, you gave me a great counter argument. He just as just a wrestling fan and somebody that just understands business sense and what Vince thinks business sense means for him. The only thing I would say is, yes, even though when you build the thing, you build him as somebody like you said as a joker, somebody that's a terror. Somebody like that still can be champion and booked the right way. And the first person I can think of like that is Kane. But what you have to do is you have to shift the character to mean something in that era as they are champion. And to me, I think that even though the panic button was probably pressed, there's still a little bit of laziness based on what they could have done with this character in so many avenues. Like you said, take a family fun Mr. Rogers spinoff to what they did, that could have been great. Like, you could have built movies off of that. You can build whatever to bring more uh, props, to bring more money to that character. And I just think they failed the opportunity to do that. Once again, though, I I understand totally your (laughs) counter-argument. Now, to that point, here's this. You had to beat him eventually. Like I was saying, the, the 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 problem became you had to beat The Fiend eventually. Today, the big narrative that's being thrown around is, oh, now he's ruined. The Fiend's ruined. He lost the title. He lost to Goldberg. He's ruined. Done. If that, done. Yeah, done. <laughs> one loss. You're telling me one loss has killed this guy dead. This character that was so great, that was so wonderful, that was a total reinvention of Bray Wyatt. One loss. He's DOA. If that's the case, 
This thing was doomed from the beginning. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he needed to be beat because you had to make him mortal. You had to, you painted yourself into a corner with this character where you had to do that, but you didn't, you forced yourself to do it way sooner than you had to. That was where they messed up is that they didn't have to do it this soon, but putting the title on him, they got stuck having to do that. So that that's what happened there. Now let's talk about the other part of the equation. Let's talk about Bill Goldberg. Since so many, pe- so many people are upset that Goldberg was the one to do it. And the number one thing I keep seeing is people saying, it should, it should have been someone else. It should have been someone on the regular roster. And you even got people saying they should have waited to WrestleMania and it should have been Roman Reigns. Yes, indeed. People are saying this. And I am laughing so hard because you know damn well these people that are begging for a reason to boo Roman Reigns again. They would have been irate if he had been the one to put the fiend down. No matter who would have done it, they were going to throw a fit. But if it had been Roman Reigns, they'd be just as mad. And we'd be right back to, oh, they're shoving Roman Reigns down our throat. He killed off the best character it's come along in a long time. Here's what I think happened. I think everyone at WWE, Vince and all them, I think they knew exactly that's what was going to happen. And so they came up with this plan. And the plan was, let's bring in Goldberg. Hell, the Prince is going to love it because we're giving him his his old time, you know, WCW stars. We're giving him the legends from the past that he likes. You bring in Goldberg. You have Goldberg take that bullet. Goldberg takes the heat of beating the Fiend. Goldberg doesn't give a damn. He just wants a check. He ain't going to even be around to take the heat. He got one more match to run and he done. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. He takes the heat today. He take. You think he's online looking at all this? (laughs) (laughs) No. He's on a private jet right now, probably counting the zeros on his check. He ain't on. He ain't on no one's private jet because he has no show to go to tomorrow. He's still there probably right now, enjoying luxury life. A Saudi Arabia. <laughs> he probably got a he probably got a banquet he's at right now. He, he, is, the, he is the new world champion, probably guest of the crown prince. <laughs> anyway, yeah. He takes the heat, takes all that deflected off of him. Then you go with if the idea is you do him and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, then you do it there, and it's a totally different dynamic. And my thinking is this: you do all that. You go back to The Fiend after this. Do The Fiend and Roman Reigns, but do it with Roman as champ, The Fiend terrorizing him, The Fiend chasing him. You do it all anyway, but you do it without the title on The Fiend. You had to get the belt off him. You had to have him take a loss. It's done now. The Band-Aid's been ripped off. I think the character will be fine. And if they're going to do something with him and John Cena at WrestleMania, I think that's that's exactly where you reignite the fire under him. I think. So here's here's. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you hold jump. on, hold on. Before you get in there, I, I want to hear Jamal's take on this okay, scenario. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And I did not mean to cut you he's off. Been, he's been quiet. Gotcha. So I know he's ready to no, open dude, up a no, can right now. No one cut me off. People get in here. Yeah. Simple truth is, uh, you have no one to blame but yourselves. <laughs> this is all you're doing. <laughs> You did this. You, the WWE fan. When you saw The Fiend came back, what did people say? They said, oh, well, he's clearly a champion. He'll be champion forever. Realistically, The Fiend's character isn't championship material, and you wanted him to be champion anyway, so what did they do? They gave him the belt. And then you go, well, hmm, he has to lose, but there's nobody in the the company good enough, big enough, to take the belt from him. Not Roman, not Seth. Seth Rollins is not cool. Not Lesnar, again. So what do you do? You painted him into this corner, and then you give him a spoon to dig himself out of it. Well, this is what you get. You did this. Nobody else but you. And when WWE rightfully pulls the plug on the theme, gives the belt to Goldberg, which sets up Goldberg versus probably Roman, but anybody else but the theme at WrestleMania, you wonder how we get here, and it goes back to the beginning when you did this, clamoring for the fiend to get the belt. So I say, yeah, WWE made the hard choice. People are going to be pissed, but uh, no, it was the right move all the way around. Goldberg is a first-time uh, uh, WWE first-time ballot WWE Hall of Famer. Um, sooner than later, um, the Saudi uh, Prince got his uh, throwback moment on Throwback Thursday in your house. And it was 
you know, it, it was exactly what it needed to be because they got they got the Saudi thing out of the way. They're definitely going into WrestleMania with what Elimination Chamber coming up like yep. soonish within a week two, or so. Yep, two weeks yep. maybe. Yep, right. So that's what it is now. As far as what happens to the Fiend, honestly, do you really care? Because realistically, his character being built so strongly and so protected with all of the vignettes and all that stuff. It wasn't that he ever became overexposed. It was that you could easily peel away at some of the layers. When you started, when you stopped doing pre-tape fire, fire front houses and started doing it live. Well, is he interacting through the TV set? That's live. Why do they have a satellite connection to the arena? None of the, it starts to make a lot less sense to become stupid. And honestly, the fiend, for a number of reasons, has run its course. Whose fault is that? That is honestly nobody's fault. It it kind of is what it is, but I do think that the that the plan, the book, uh, Ray uh, Bray Wyatt was given kind of like a green light to just go ahead and do what it needed to do. It got hot. They took it. They took uh, the steering wheel from him and they drove it into the ground. You did this WWE. <laughs> you did this WWE fans. <laughs> you have no one else to blame for yourself. Now die mad about it. I, I got, I got and they say, are mad. I they are say, mad. I got to say, the funniest thing that I read today, <laughs> I still laugh thinking about this. Somebody said, WWE wants to get nuts. Book Mansoor versus Lesnar at the Nassani show. <laughs> well, that's the only streak that matters. <laughs> that, that, that's the true streak, really. Right. That's the only streak that matters right now. It'll be, it, be you know, Super Showdown 28. In the year 2052, and Monsur still going to be out there and stay on 43 and 0. <laughs> That's the real power. Forget that red light the fiend had. <laughs> Monsur's streak in Saudi Arabia going to be going to be undefeated forever. <laughs> He's going to be the only one. Yeah. And, and honestly, as mad as people are about the fiend losing and him losing in three minutes, according to Wikipedia, dude, uh, dude, dude. To be honest, really quick. When I when I preparing for the show, I I uh I just skimmed to the end. The when I first of all after watching on replay, the the show ended at what I say three twenty two three hours and twenty two minutes. Goldberg, it, the bell didn't ring to <laughs> the bell didn't ring to uh three minutes and uh, th- three hours and a nineteen minute mark. I was like, oh, this this is definitely about to get foolish right now. <laughs> So yep. you're not wrong, sir. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. Anyone with a brain should have known that that's how it was going to go. It's a Goldberg match. Of course it's going to be a damn destruction. It's Goldberg don't have long matches. I was at work, too. I didn't watch the whole show. I just had, like, you know, my, my Twitter feed open and was just paying attention to, like, all right, let me know when this match is coming on. I'm going to throw it on my phone real quick because I know it's not going to go long. And I threw that stream up and... I am not going to lie. I cackled when that damn three count happened. <laughs> it was hilarious. But, but, but let me say this, though. Once again, am I mad that Goldberg really yeah. won? Yes, that's not you the are. Biggest thing. Well, okay, I am mad. But still, <laughs> I, the biggest thing that I think that's, that's missing out on this is like, okay, we're talking about The Fiend, right? Literally, Bray Wyatt has now died for the third time. He died at Hus- Husky Harris. He went away, came back at Bray Wyatt. He died when he was Bray Wyatt, went away, came back, and now he's the fiend. Like, what else does this guy have to do to make sure his character and or personality stays on the show? And that's develop the character a character with like with longevity. I mean, he he's developing these two stage characters where he needs to get to that third level. Uh, Bray Wyatt as this cult leader, Gator wrestling Bayou boy, um, cool, that's fine. But that's at a certain point. His gimmick is based on one thing, and that has nothing to do with wrestling. And at a certain point, the wrestling's going to have to come in. Um, the but Wyatt he can't family. Wrestle, that's not the point. The point is, is that the Wyatt family was based on this dude that said that he was a prophet and a leader. But he added, what, two people to his stable, mm-hmm. and then one more for, like a, for a week. That's not a leader. We're not showing growth. And your, your rhetoric has nothing to do with, with uh, wrestling. Same thing with Ty Jones. So Go ahead. So let me ask this. So just making a direct comparison, and I'm not trying to say the amount of characters that he did as well, but think about Bray Wyatt and then Mick Foley, right? 
why can't they be similar and be longevity like that? Even though people would just get know, mad about that too. <laughs> right, right. So, but Mick Foley's a Hall of Famer, you know, and I'm not saying Bray Wyatt is going to be a Hall of Famer when he gets he absolutely done. Not. But, but the thing is, based the on type what of merit, <laughs> no well, merits. So, yeah, yeah, no merit. But based on the type of character people they are as they develop, they did not get their fair chance throughout their whole career to do what they could do at the top level. And I think given that opportunity, they could if the character was allowed to expand on that nature. That's just my opinion. There's there's two things with this. And and number one, there is no fair. So I I really don't care um, if, you know, whatever opportunity could have, would have, should have, you know, not everybody's going to get an opportunity even the first time. So it is what it is. Um, That's number one. Number two, uh, the difference between Mick Foley and Bray Wyatt is that, that uh, Mick Foley, his characters, only one of them, only one of them, kind of made it to that level mankind. through and broke that glass ceiling, and that was Mankind. The older folks may remember Cactus Jack. No one gives a shit about Dude Love. <laughs> but only <laughs> Dude because Love The Undertaker um, tossed his dumb ass off of, a, uh, off of Hell in a Cell in Pittsburgh that one time, pushed him through the next level. That was not by design. In the same way that Becky Lynch, doing her heyday, uh, <laughs> feels like so much longer ago, that was also not by design. Uh, Bray Wyatt has not had that moment where he had a character and then something organic pushes him to the next level. His characters are not based on, uh, you know, wrestling and being the best and, and being, you know, a, the best wrestler for whatever that's worth. Um, and you think about the differences between the multi-time champions and the people that may win it once or twice. Roman mm-hmm. Reigns says that this is his yard because he's some, a lawn care enthusiast. Seth Rollins <laughs> is, is, is now a Monday night clergyman uh, because he switched it from Sundays to Mondays. Cool. Uh, the Rock was the champion of the people. John Cena, you know, preaches all of these things like Hulk Hogan did, who also Hulk Hogan was another champion. Bret Hart is the best there is. There's a, see where I'm going? Goldberg asked who's next because he's willing to, wanted to kick ass and take names. What does Bray Wyatt do as a character? He goes on these lovely soliloquies in like Sister Abigail's house in Baltimore, and then, and then, and then what? Well, he didn't gain any more people. He was a tag team champion, I think. Maybe could be wrong on that. Intercontinental champion. Okay, cool. But he was no closer to winning the big one as uh, as Bray Wyatt. Now the fiends come out. Okay, well, the fiends spooky and his mask is stupid and all these other things in the Firefly Funhouse. None of those have anything to do with bettering yourself in the ring. So if the multi-time champions have a little bit of the ring and a little bit of the thing outside of the ring and they work in tandem, the fiend has a hell of a promo outside of the ring and he should be on American Horror Story. That is not a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The disconnect is between him elevating to the next level as a champion. People want to see what the Fiend's going to do. I don't know if anybody's clamoring for a Fiend match based on, you know, him progressing as a wrestler. And it does not mean that he's a bad wrestler. It just means that his promo is actually one-dimensional. And there's two sides to wrestling. The in ring and out of ring. Go ahead. Yeah, let me jump in on this one. This this was my number one issue once he started wrestling matches. They made The Fiend way too overpowered. When he had those first <laughs> matches against Seth, when they had those first matches against Seth with the mm-hmm. damn red light, and he straight up was kicking out of f- multiple finishers at one. When they put him in the hell in a cell and just like he was indestructible, it's like, how, where do you go with that? Do you, you, there was nowhere to go with it. That became the big problem. It's like you, you can curb stomp the guy four times and he'll still kick out at one. It's like th- there's nothing left then. That was the big problem is they, they went too far in the one direction with him being this like demon or whatever he's supposed to be that no one could do anything to. And then they, they got smart and they realized that and they started dialing it back. The only good fiend matches I saw was the matches with Daniel Bryan, the Royal Mm -hmm. Rumble match, the strap match. That was good. That was really damn fun. And they dialed it back and they had him, you know, able to take damage. And he was finally like, you know, you could do some back and forth stuff with him to have a compelling match. But the big problem with him really became that the character 
was interesting. The character, the presentation, the mask, all that was great. But once the damn bell rang, none of that crap matters anymore. And you're just left with, you know, what the wrestling matches and the wrestling matches just were not there. That was my biggest problem where it got to the point where it's like, why is this guy the champ? Get the belt off the clown, damn it. And WCW came to town today and the big boys put jackhammer on it. All I, all so I got to say is one thing. Let me ask you this real quick. Real, real quick. Let me, let me ask you this real quick. Uh, Sean Spears on AEW kind of right. has mm-hmm. a similar problem. Mm-hmm. And he says, because he claims that he's the self-professed chairman of AEW. And what is that based on? Is that based on a wrestling thing in the ring? Or is that based on something outside of the ring? Now, granted, give him credit, they took a moment and ran with it. Mm-hmm. It has run its course. So the whole deal about the chair, because he brained Cody that one time, uh, whether it was gimmick or not is what it is, but it has nothing to do with his wrestling. So I don't. I'm not saying that that doesn't mean he's good or bad. It's just that I don't want to see you for wrestling. I want to see you for this gimmick. And now the gimmick isn't used anymore. So who do we have here? We have Sean Spears. What does that mean exactly? Because yep. now the chair. Now you've taken away the chair. So what? And at the end right. of the day, if you're not here to win a championship, then what are you really doing? And that's kind of what it was for the fiend. Um, let me let me ask you this uh, quickly uh, about the fiend himself. Is he dead, or does he actually come back and try to do things in a more wrestling related perspective? In that his reign of terror or whatever he was supposed to do, being the Candyman, isn't good enough anymore, <laughs> and now he has to actually win. And yeah, rule by winning. I don't even know yeah. if that's even a, a question to answer because no, it is. I asked it. it. It's 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 a it's <laughs> definitely the logical thing to be thinking about, and it, it's so logical. It's, it's what everyone should be thinking about right now. Uh, agreed. Totally uh, but agreed. Here's, but the the reason why I said I don't know if it's a question or not because it's 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 literally it's feeding the beast in the Twitter universe of things. You 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 say you you oh, give him my Twitter uh, gives a shit. I'm I'm talking about like legit. What does the fiend do now? Right, yeah, I totally understand that. But uh, it's the idea of like, if if you do something that's practical out of the situation, then people get mad. Then they blame Vince for it ultimately. Yeah. Or if it goes back to whatever else that they 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 want, and it should be, and they actually do that, then people's like, oh, this is boring. It's not gonna work. Whatever, wherever it may be. So at this point, to be honest, it's a lose lose situation no matter what he does. But technically, what I think is that. Um, I think you package him much like before. You just keep him doing um the cool vignettes because that sales um is is really marketable and merch merch uh mm-hmm. merchable. selling those masks. Yeah, yeah, and and that belt still is 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 around, you know, because that's a big thing for them. All of a sudden, um, uh, so at this point, I think you just keep doing them do vignettes, and then I think you go back to Will's point, like you said initially, just read terror till he gets yeah. what he till he gets what he want. Don't make him hey. actually go. For a championship match, but make him terrorize anybody who has their eyes set on it. I'm cool yeah. with that. Hey, we know who's showing up on SmackDown tomorrow night. They've been advertising it for oh. weeks. John yeah. Cena himself. There's, <laughs> a perfect, there's a perfect target right there, and that would that's all you gotta do. That's a WrestleMania match waiting to happen. And what the hell does Cena have to lose? Cena don't need no win. Hell, yeah. and you, 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 you know he'll sell the antics for it. You know yeah, he would. You in a busy WrestleMania with Frank Corbin. He's good. Yeah, you know, my question I wanted to say, I feel like we was going to talk about another topic, but I feel like we might just drain this whole thing out. Um, <laughs> to be honest, why is nobody giving this same type of energy towards The Undertaker right now? Didn't he this technically, quote-unquote, air quotes, did he just squash AJ Styles? I don't see everybody mad about that. Literally the uh, same thing. No, it's, no. it's not even close. How is it no. not close? Telling me that uh, you know this, the Undertaker winner, the aggro crag from Nickelodeon Guts, is the same <laughs> thing as uh, Goldberg winning the WWE Championship. Okay, so uh, to my to my original point, ep- many <laughs> episodes ago, it's so funny to me how everyone was like, "Oh, that's just the paper belt. It don't mean anything. It's ugly." But let's not forget about those those days. <laughs> And then and then that was blue and it's ugly again and it's always gonna be yeah. ugly and it'll always be a secondary belt. It'll never be the real belt. 
So why do people care so much about it and how is it handled when it's always been represented as just that transitional secondary belt that just goes around? And that's what it's been doing. Okay. So that's the fact that somebody winning belt, it, I, who cares? The secondary belt is still more important than Mora Quark given the Undertaker, the aggro crack. <laughs> to, be, to, to be honest, at this, at this rate, they're both the same. Being the best tag team in the world, being the best in the world, um, yes, your big leaning tower of Cheesa that was one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> they're all the same thing. So at this point now, it's like they're they're, they're all going to be represented the same way. So who cares? Who really? Okay. For me, I just I don't put that much stake in the Universal Championship. It it, it does what it does. It's, it it creates storylines, and right now it seems to be very in position for all your super showdowns and uh, what's uh, what's what's the other ones that they do. Um, Great, greatest Royal Rumble, greatest Royal yeah, Rumble, yeah. greatest SummerSlam ever. Yeah, and, you know they're greatest probably going to do Arabia something. Ever. They're going to do something in Australia again, probably. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a special in the UK at some point, if, since it probably won't be Mania. But I hope it's SummerSlam. That would be cool too. So uh, you know, it's just something to put focus around. I just don't put that much stake into it. It's not their main pivotal iconic belt, you know. So uh, I don't know. For me, it's like okay. Everything that happened, I was like, cool. <laughs> Not going to yeah, be butthurt I mean, I about You could say that with everything. You know, if, if the WWE comes out with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, uh, and they're trying to give it, you know, some, some, some clout, and obviously it just doesn't really mean anything. Um, and then you, you say that, you know, with this thing or uh, the 24-7 WWE 7-Eleven European Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> hey, uh, European titles, best title ever. Uh, I would say the light heavyweight championship is, but I digress. Um, you know, that doesn't mean anything. It's just a joke championship. Uh, you know, and that's fine. That's fine. So to your first question about, well, why do people care? Why do we care that people care? Well, I don't. Um, because I think that Twitter or Reddit or, or the internet is such a small, vocal, idiotic mm-hmm. uh, portion of the pie that watches and consumes the product. That it, honestly, it's just the loudest, most ignorant, squeakiest uh, wheel that gets the grease. And if you want to feed into that, then cool, do that. That's for you to have in the hole. With that said, the WWE Championship on SmackDown is the SmackDown Championship. It's the biggest thing they have on that show. Mm-hmm. So there is uh, you know, some clock behind it. It's not new. It's, they didn't just cook it up for the thing. You know, It is kind of what it is. And it is, you know, kind of important, you know, for the uh, for the brand. So that's why it's getting the notoriety that it's getting. The Undertaken winning a, a, a trophy, an actual trophy that was made up. I don't know. This like thirty seconds ago. <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, they they really went down to a pawn shop in Riyadh and said, "Give me something shiny," and and here you go. And they put his name on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the prestige of this rock that they gave him isn't the same thing. It won't mean anything. He's just going to take it home to Texas or wherever the hell and put it on his mantle next to his deer. So yes. we know that there's a difference. And there's no denying that there's a difference. Um, and even still, people still griped about The Undertaker coming out. He's 104 years old. Why do they fly him out to Saudi Arabia for a 30-second match? And all that good stuff, too. My man didn't even uh, take his gear off. He, <laughs> he was right. He was so I mean, he had his passport in his back pocket and his, like, his Adidas <laughs> duffel bag at the at ringside. He was out of there as soon as the bell rang. Hey, hey, right I, right I, back I, to the jet. Hey, I tell you what. He, he learned his lesson the last time. He said, guess who will not have travel issues today? I'm ready to go right now. He called his Uber as soon as he was on his way back off the ramp. He was not playing around. Seriously, though, he was in that ring for no longer. I mean, interest and everything, uh, two minutes max, for real. I'd say say this really quick. With the women's match, that front row was not having it. I don't know if you guys mm. seen it. That front row was not having it. Really? They weren't weren't disrespectful or anything, but they damn sure wasn't watching. They were, Mm. I mean, not like looking down on their phone, not watching. I mean, looking to the left. Some standing around looking other ways, like uh, they're just, they're not completely sold on that. And it's cool that WWE is trying to do break down their barriers with that. But there's a big, big cultural challenge above that, and they're making good steps towards. But that front row, 
they just was not about it at all. They were just not about it at all. That got you take a take a look at that whenever you get a chance. But uh, another little thing, really quick, I want to say about this. Then Jamal, I'm gonna throw it to you so we can uh, wrap up with the news and stuff really quick. So, uh, so apparently, now I don't know. This this sounds like a super reach right here. Somebody told somebody said that. The reason why Goldberg won, which we already know, this is already super speculation because no one really knows except for, well, we do know Saudi Arabia is the reason why he won. But they said he won because Goldberg and Roman Reigns is like the golden ticket to WWE ultimately being able to sell WrestleMania and his rights to ESPN. Oh my god! Is that that match is the next coming of Wilder and Fury, and it's uh, the ultimate ticket to saying ESPN saying, "Oh, we won in." Well, I don't know about all that. I I do think there might be a very calculated move being made where they're like, "Hey, if we put these two in a big match at WrestleMania while we're shopping our rights to ESPN." There is that there is, you know, the bit of a college football tie in there between Georgia and Georgia Tech. So I think I could see that being like something that they at least are cognizant of. It ain't going to close no deal, but it sure as hell ain't going to hurt nothing. So that's that's my thinking on that is is it does it does it hurt anything? No. Does it possibly help? Yeah, it might. Never know. So I, I think it, it possibly kills two birds with one stone. I, I don't think it hurts anything in the least bit. But who knows if anything even comes of them talking to ESPN or not. But, you know, hey, we got a big college football matchup here as one of our marquee matches at WrestleMania. That's not going to hurt their chances, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, again, at this point now, the idea of being able to make more money is never a bad idea. If they, however they decide to do it, whether it be the Big Five or whatever it may be, using the ESPN Plus model of WWE being the first paywall and then the pay-per-view being the second paywall, or ESPN ultimately, um, you know, just being the pay, both of the paywalls and everything else is just like, however it's going to be, uh, it does not hurt to entertain these ideas. I don't think a deal is to come. Especially because of the fact that more, more unique content is coming to the network. But why not shop the idea? Because competition. And if the people are hearing that WWE potentially may be doing something like that, there may be other investors that may come out of nowhere that may say, hey, what if we did this? You know, And we know, especially, especially right now in the, in the, in the era of just trying to lock in major contracts for your streaming services. I just, you know, you just can't be surprised if somebody out of the blue, out of nowhere. I mean, hell, Yahoo Sports come out of no place and say, yeah, we'll take it. Who knows? But <laughs> something crazy like that could potentially happen. But uh, as far as this pay-per-view really quick, because I, I we'll, we'll just wrap this up really fast. Um, I just, people got to stop being so damn pissy about it. Like, it's... The, the the royal family got what they want. They're happy, and that's all that matters. We know that's why they're out there. They done cut this mega check for ten years, and we got uh, what seven more of this to come. So, you know, and then get and used the other, to it. Yeah, get used to it. And it comes on on Thursday at twelve o'clock. All the more reason why people should not be ultimately going out of the way <laughs> to be upset. If you know it's going to be the same thing over and over, just don't watch it. Yeah, seriously, it's not, it's not seriously. For us. How, how many times have we heard, I'm not watching those Saudi blood money shows. <laughs> I, I'll be damned if one, it won everybody in the world apparently watching today. Everyone knew what happened immediately. Man. Blood money show I'm not watching. Everyone Man. was watching this thing apparently the way they acted. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. funny how that works, isn't it? Exactly. That's exactly it. All right, Jamal. Let's 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 get to our news and wrap it up. What was what else is happening out there that we need to quickly mention? Well, there is a plague, uh, you know, happening around the world, and it is affecting world travel. And no, it is not just about Goldberg and the Fiend. Uh, obviously, the coronavirus is making its rounds around the world, uh, basically doing a victory lap over humanity right now, oh as uh, forty countries uh, and you know eighty thousand people around the world have been. Uh, confirmed infected and everything. And of course, WrestleMania is coming up. So what better way to fly oh. wrestling fans from all around the world to beautiful Tampa, Florida to um, 
to get sick and and Did carry the uh, plague. If you come for the wrestling, stay for the plague. So, <laughs> with that in mind, um, everything is still a go down in Tampa, according to the Tampa Bay Times. And WWE, uh, their fans, uh, of course, Saudi Arabia, just issued a travel warning to its citizens and to other countries because, if, look, if you're, if you're from a country that got it, you're not getting to the kingdom. Uh, Ramadan and its uh, celebrations at the end of April uh, may be affected by this thing, according to the Saudi government. So it is real. Uh, you know, be safe. Uh, wash your hands and all mm-hmm. of that, especially if you're going to be in massive crowds of people. Let's say, I don't know, 65,000 people in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa or 20,000 people at the Amelie Arena for NXT TakeOver or a few hundred in the local bingo hall at the uh, for WrestleCon. Um, you know, go out there and be, and be safe and uh, try not to let the virus get you down because you already got it. You just don't know it yet. Um, another thing, Booker T was on Lydian Garcia's podcast, uh, Chasing, Chasing Glory, and uh, he talked about a lot of stuff. You know, it was really introspective. And one of the things that he talked about was his prison stint. You know, he did uh, two years in, in prison and basically he talked about what that meant to him and how he went down the wrong path after his mom died. And honestly, it's a pretty good re- retrospective of the person that is Booker Huffman. And I said, if you like him and you like his work, it's definitely worth a listen. Uh, John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Uh, formerly known as John Moxley, he had, um, <laughs> <laughs> he did a, a, an interview with uh, Sports Kita, and he basically they kind of asked him a loaded question. And to be fair, I do think it's a loaded question. And I think that he kind of answered it the best way he could. And he the question was generally, uh, what would mean winning? Uh, what would mean to you? winning the uh, AEW World Championship uh, from Chris Jericho this weekend in Chicago as the big pay-per-view is Saturday, uh, AEW's revolution in Chicago. So Moxley said that, um, you know, winning the championship, cashing in the Money of the Bank briefcase at uh, on Seth Rollins in 2016 was probably the, you know, A1 moment of his career. And he says that winning the championship in AEW would supersede that, basically. And to quote him, the best way I can describe it, it, it was a giant sense of relief winning the money in the brain, uh, win the championship. He pushed the boulder up the hill, so, and it had rolled back down on him so many times, he felt disappointed. Uh, he felt that he disappointed so many fans, failing to win a title so many times, and once he checked that box and get that thing, it was the biggest release. And he says about Jericho that he's arguably hotter than he's ever been and that he's really saying that Samson saying something considering Jericho's career and that he's going to be good every week and he's trying to be the greatest of all time. And like I've said, Moxley, I've been running through the competition killing dudes and you're getting the best version of Chris Jericho and the best version of John Moxley and something's got to give and something's got to somebody's got to go down. So it's a good way to put over the pay-per-view. Uh, you know, it is you know coming up this weekend and it will be. Interesting to see what actually happens. I think it could honestly go either way. Uh, Quote Moxley again, he says, this, I feel, will be a far greater feeling winning the ADW championship. You know this is me, my own thing, doing things my way, a totally different situation, not even comparable, as good as a night that was, the Money in the Bank uh, cash-in. So let me ask you guys this. Uh, Do you think that he's just being a good employee, towing the company line? putting over AEW, over his previous employer, as kind of a thing that he has to do for work? Or do you think that he really, in the way that this match has been built, feels and has more of a personal stake in it, and that's why he feels more connected to it than the Money in the Bank cash-in? I'll say, I'll I, say mm-hmm. this easily. Speaking to him, and it's kind of crazy, immediately I'm thinking, if you can speak to anybody at AEW, Chris Jericho is probably your biggest ticket, your biggest draw, will probably do your best views, best ratings, wherever it may be. However, Chris Jericho is totally a company man. Uh, John Mosley is completely him. He says what he feels, what he thinks, and he has no cut cards about it at all. So even though that sounds like a company uh, like plug of some sort, I, I believe he's absolutely genuine in this a hundred percent uh and i and i not truly feels he feels that way because 
again, I think the biggest thing for him is that he feels like he's free. He's he's himself. He can do and work the style of wrestling that he's always known, and he's back to that. So being able to be comfortable in this game, being completely who he is, and to win a championship with that, I think it does ultimately comes full circle for him. So uh, I, I'm definitely buying into what he's saying. Is it being legit? Yeah, I, I totally will co-sign on all that. I agree with that sentiment totally from what we know with John Moxley. And here's the thing. He's he's done it the other way. He did he climbed to the top of the mountain in WWE. So he did it through their system. So now it's like I get to do it my way now. I get to do it on my terms. I get to do it in a way that feels right to me. I get to be a part of the process and it's a totally different thing. He's done it the other way. Now he gets to do it the other way. So I'm sure he's all about this because he's already been on the other side of the fence. So now he's getting he's getting to have his pie and eat it too. It, it works out. So, yeah, I, I totally see him being all about this. And hell, from what we know about him, he, he he's a guy that, you know, the creative side is more important to him than the money aspect. He claims he never even looked at what WWE offered him when he left. And I totally believe that. I think he's a guy that saved his money, and he's a position now where he's like, hey, I got my money banked. I got my wife still working there, getting a nice paycheck. I can afford to do what I want and enjoy myself and do it the way I want to do it and not be concerned so much about the financial aspect to it. So more power to him and hey, it works out for AEW. It works out for him. Good for him. Kudos. And I'll just add this. I think at this age, and I agree with you both wholeheartedly, I think maturity has to do with a point too at his age now. Uh, he's a much mature wrestler. And even if you look at Jericho, if Jericho was asked the same question, you know, Jericho might give us some, a similar answer because Jericho throughout his whole career has had different levels of maturity of where he is currently. So when he came back to uh, WWE the first time but worse versus when he was in WCW versus when he was in ECW, he's had moments at each level where he had that mature maturation to try to be or feel differently when he accomplished those goals. And I think Moxie is at that age now from the indie circuit to WWE to where he is now. That maturation of who he is is developing, not just as a professional, but as a personal person where he just know he has different goals at each stage in his life and he's going to try to achieve it. All right. Okay. I mean, personally, I think that um, it's a little bit of both. Uh, maybe he does feel genuinely more connected to the AEW championship because of how it's built and his input in it. And that, you know, this is the character that he wants to portray and this is the way that he wants to portray it. But I also think that in no way, shape, or form does not putting over the AEW championship do him any good. I mean, if he were to say legitimately that winning the WWE championship was the pinnacle of his career and that no other moment can top it in wrestling, that there's no other higher mountain to climb, that's not a good look for the current company that you work for. I don't care what business you're in. If you work at McDonald's, you should not say in an interview, yeah, but Wendy's, though, (laughs) that was the best year of my life. You got to put over who's signing your check, of course. Yeah. (laughs) And even even still, practically, as fans, his WWE World Championship run was... uh, do we even remember it? Because it definitely wasn't memorable. <laughs> so this is going to yeah, be definitely, definitely different. And, and on top of that, too, him winning the AEW Championship turns this major corner in the, in, in the business. I mean, everything changes from this point uh, if he wins. So I I, I, I agree. I just, like someone said, uh, I feel like, yeah, he may be more connected to this one. And so it just means more. So I, I'm cool with that. And he's a happier guy, you know, so. Good for him, ultimately. I would like to see him win for sure. Okay. Two things real quick. Number one, Ryback. Remember him? He said on his podcast recently that um, you know, he talked about WrestleMania. Hmm? He doesn't have a podcast at this point. Uh, Cody's dog. Not yet, anyway. Um, <laughs> the thing is that he talked about his WrestleMania paychecks and, and how much he would make to work the show. Now, in WrestleMania uh, 29, uh, he was on the main card i believe and that was a thing and he made about 60 something 70 something thousand quoting him he was in the pre-show for wrestlemania 30 which was one of the more memorable ones how much do you think he made nah on the pre-show yep i bet got pre-show was he like in a a match or was he like in the battle royal or something uh i think it was the battle Uh, royal he was in no 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 no. he had a one-on-one he had a one-on-one ray mysterio what's it i think for the u.s title well, he says Damn, that right. in New Orleans, he did a tag match with Jack Swagger, Antonio Cesaro, Primo and Epico, and Jimmy and Jay Uso, 
uh, four-way tag, and he tagged with uh, Curtis Axel. Okay, so so oh, okay. okay, all right, all right. So eight guys in there. All right, I'm gonna say it was much lower. I'm gonna say he got something like twenty-five k. Okay, okay, twenty-five k. Solid. I'm gonna go low. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go lower. Um, I'm gonna say five k at most. Ooh, five, I was I, trying to be generous. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, lower than that. Uh, according to Ryback, he said that he got fifteen hundred dollars. You know what? That <laughs> was my first thought. Literally, <laughs> I was like, right. "No way is that low." Seriously, I was going to say, this. and uh, surely he's not bitter about that at all. Uh, the last thing, uh, of course, the AEW ratings came out. Well, the ratings for Thursday came out. Uh, the numbers don't really matter, but I do think that the one interesting thing is that this is the go home show for AEW. They uh, came in ninth. Overall, with a 0.3 in the 18 to 49 uh, demographic, 865,000 total views. Cool. Uh, NXT was something about like 17th? Yeah, 17th with 717,000. Cool. Doesn't really matter. The interesting thing about this is, is that women aged 18 to 49 did a 0.2. Uh, eight women, 12 to 34, did a 0.13. The women demographic of NXT, I'm not NXT, well, yes, NXT too, but AEW is tragically low. Mm. And with their women's division being what it is uh, and currently in flux, it seems like they, they haven't turned the corner yet, but they're starting to pick up steam. Uh, they had a pretty okay-ish, you know, four-way uh, match on Dynamite this past weekend. Uh, um, but then you have things like Nala Rose and Chris Statlander getting absolutely zero build to their match for the pay-per-view this weekend. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was a misstep. Of, right. The ranking system is kind of goofy, and we didn't see Rose on the go-home show uh, to build the match. They just had a number one contender's fatal four-way. Well, okay, so you shoehorned your one women's match in there. You have a number one contender's fatal four-way, so that kind of negates the ranking system, and your champ is nowhere to be seen after mm-hmm. the big win the night the previous week before. Do you think that if AEW, for whatever, however they need to do it, they just do it? Do you think that women will turn to uh, AEW and boost that rating if it correlates to the women, the rise of the women's division? Or conversely, NXT had a lower rating than the week before, and Charlotte was on there, which is a uh, 97-time uh, women's champion, Charlotte Flair. And that should be a bigger deal to women. And it could be a bigger deal to women because it's, Lord knows I'm not a woman. I can't tell what the hell they're thinking. So <laughs> why, aren't the, why aren't the, you know, NXT prominently featured one of the bigger women superstars. It did nothing in the ratings. AEW didn't really feature any women. And they have a championship match coming in Sunday. And their ratings are pretty stagnant for women. Is that something that you think that any wrestling show that is a male, stereotypically male-dominated sport do you think that's something that they can latch, they can drag women into? Will it ever happen? How does that happen? I'm not really entirely sure, but uh, women and men over 50, watch AEW. And if they did, then they would definitely crack a million. The very last thing, of course, is that AEW had a recap show on TNT, um, which coincidentally ran alongside the Miz and Mrs. Which show do you think did better in the ratings? Ooh, coming after the AEW show. Yeah, because the ran right after it. Big co-home show. You have the AEW hype show that was an hour-long look at the the new pay-per-view. Right, and then right. another very special episode of Ms. and Mrs. <laughs> Ms. and Mrs. I, Ms. and Mrs. I know has not been doing well since it doesn't have SmackDown as its lead in. So I'm going to guess AEW retained a good chunk of its audience and it might have beat out Ms. and Mrs. I, I agree it will. So in the key demographic, because that's exactly what matters, uh, AEW finished 61st in the rating uh, with a .13. And Ms. and Mrs. finished 62nd with a point one three. Yeah, and the difference, well, point one four for the AEW special and a point one three for Ms. and Mrs. Uh, 383 to 394,000 viewers. But the bottom line is, is that this is the worst 
showing of Miz and Mrs. Uh, this season. Yeah. Um, and one thing, looking at the ratings, uh, is it's a startling how many people watch Fox News. So maybe he's maybe <laughs> next season he's going to move to the Fox News channel. <laughs> and they will kill everything in the ratings, but that's the news for this week. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, if if Fox News doesn't make you upset, Goldberg is going to be your champion on Fox tomorrow. So, uh, Devil Whammy, maybe Goldberg <laughs> may be on Fox News I tomorrow. I interview Goldberg on Fox News. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then have JBL do the weather. <laughs> well, yeah, we're out. That's all we got to talk about for the day. Uh, we got, we'll obviously have uh, probably better vibes next week uh, because AW, everyone's Lord and Savior, has a pay per view. And surely enough, everyone will be truly happy after the results of that, no matter what, because being anti WWE is cool. Uh, said no one ever. But uh, yeah, I, I think that. that'll be it for us. And uh, until then, we'll catch you guys next week. Well, I-